All right, Russell's Reserve, aged tenure, dipped in chocolate today. How are you? Oh, I like chocolate. I like dark chocolate, I like milk chocolate, white chocolate. I'm a little bit iffy on. Um, how are you? Doing well. I feel like how we do you have like your chocolate. Uh, milk. I'm a milk guy. Really? I'm milk chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Judge you a little bit. Yeah, I had a little white chocolate over the last few days, and it was okay. Uh, but I'm not a white chocolate guy either. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I feel like we haven't cho- done one of these in a while. Yeah, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been we a gotta, week. We got to get and better. I was off or had a vacation the week before. So Fourth uh, of July week is a that was a weird week with the fourth falling on a Wednesday because yeah. you have a subset of people who carry over the weekend, probably more people who start the weekend on the Wednesday, and if nothing else. Uh, the middle of the day, Tuesday through like early Thursday is pretty much blown out because everyone's in in holiday mode. So uh, rough week last week, rough week. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to talk about? You, I know you want to touch on a few things, and then I think we have a an overarching topic uh, about the um, viability of of baseball and the Phillies, which, by the way, uh, is a topic I know that Bob hates. And he was snarking on the guys over at WIP for spending so much time talking about this last week. Um, but that's okay. We can disagree. I think there's maybe something to it and uh, also probably some overhand ringing uh, as well. So we'll talk about that. But I know you had a few things you wanted to touch on before we got there. Well, Phillies are in first, which is uh, something Indeed. I don't think anybody really expected. And they're tied with the Braves, which, again, I don't think anybody expected. They are apparently out of the race right now for Manny Machado. I believe the Dodgers are linked more heavily right now. Um, but Phillies are in first, and Aaron Nola made his first All-Star game. So that's really cool. Uh, strange in a sense that a first-place team only has one All-Star, and apparently he got in via the player vote. I think he had the third most votes among NL pitchers. So uh, good job to, to Nola, but I'm kind of wondering how a first-place team doesn't have more than one All-Star. Now, I'm sure they've changed something in baseball all-star voting uh, that I have not been keeping up with, and, and this will actually kind of play into the topic we're going to talk about. But uh, pitchers are not typically selected by fans anyway, so uh, him being part of the player vote is still, that slots him as one of the top few pitchers in the league, correct? Yes. This isn't like a, right, it's not like a second baseman being, you know, put in on the on the extra vote or Shane Victorino going door-to-door with the mayor stumping for votes 10 years ago, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure they've I'm, changed I'm, something I'm and I mean, made it weird. Can, yeah. I'm just looking at how the ballot worked. Again, um doesn't matter. I mean, this this probably will come back to what our main topic is going to be, but it, not I'm not the most up on uh on what the baseball stuff is anymore because uh yeah, it's not a uh, it's not part of my interest at at the moment, which kind of sucks, but um I don't I don't know if you wanted to touch on this at all before we get into the real big topic. Um the, the radio stations last week, maybe we end with this, maybe we start with it, I don't know. Radio stations last week just had some awful topics, and people were taking them to task on Twitter, I think as, as early as Friday. 97.5 ran a thing about, does it bother you that Ben Simmons has been seen more with Kendall Jenner than in the gym, 610? And then WIP, I think it was John Johnston, I want to say, uh, 
put out this thing about like, can you believe that Markel Fultz is at summer league? He's not playing. Like, what's the deal? And there was a bunch of hand wringing about the fact that Fultz looked happy, but he wasn't in a gym somewhere. He wasn't, you know, sequestered in the basement of a gym with a cot, a mini fridge, no toilet, and like a, a loaf of bread and some water. And, you know, he's he's allowed to finally um, have something better than bread once he hits a mid-range jumper. And if, if he actually starts hitting threes, well, then he gets to go out and have some fresh air. Like, the the fact that both stations last week, instead of talking about, you know, I, you could have talked about the first place Phillies, you could have talked about the fact, and I know this doesn't drive ratings, but you could have talked about the fact that the Flyers had just gotten JVR. Um, you could have talked about, you know, actually recapping stuff that happened in Summer League instead of, you know, picking on or making fun of Fultz for being there. You could have talked about Drew Hanlon working with him. You could have talked about the fact that, you know, Hanlon said it was going to be a six-week process to rebuild his shot. You could have done the comparison between shot building versus, you know, getting what I would consider meaningless summer league reps and built a conversation around that. But instead, both networks kind of went with like sensationalist, cynical viewpoints in an, I guess, in an effort to drive traffic. But for me, it was a turnoff on both stations. Well, we say this as someone who recorded one podcast last week, so um, he who cast the stone, which I don't know if that's a saying, but it feels like appropriate there. But yeah, uh, I agree with you. I would say I saw the Ben Simmons topic, predictable. Um, I would refer back to my piece 18 months ago saying, can we handle Ben Simmons? And I had predicted he would be dating a Rihanna type. Uh, I did not see a Kardashian comment. I'm kind of disappointed in myself for that, although I probably wouldn't have predicted Kendall anyway. Um, But yeah, um, that to me is not – it's weird. And honestly, as a Sixers fan, uh, I would prefer that this fizzles out by the time the season starts because there probably is something to the Kardashians having a mildly bad influence on those around them, if nothing else, because um, of where where they live, the distractions that come with it, and all of that. I don't think Ben Simmons hanging out with her this summer makes any bit of difference and he's instagramming live videos from the lakers practice facility his future team pregnant pause um so he's he's working out just plenty but uh yeah i'd prefer i'd prefer as much as the blogger in me would like kendall jenner sitting courtside uh, i'd prefer if that sort of fizzles out um but no it does not concern me and then uh with the with the other topic uh what was the other one it was about faults so Fultz oh, was at Summer see. League. So so yeah. in, in game one of Summer League, the Firkin Korkmaz game where he went off for 40 points, Mark Hill Fultz was in the crowd, which is normal because, you know, when the Lakers played Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and JaVale McGee were all courtside. So Fultz is at the game and smiling, right? Like he's sitting courtside. And the first like six or seven minutes of the game, they keep flashing to like the side of his face. They keep talking about him being the former number one overall pick and the fact that, you know, he's been working on his jump shot and, you know, what does this mean for the Sixers going forward, all that. So they kept flashing to him. And then I guess like later as Summer League went on between that game and the the follow-up game, I I think that was uh, Phoenix and, yeah, it was Phoenix and Dallas. Uh, Fultz was in camera shot where he was like over the reporter's shoulder. And it was him and uh, Amir Johnson leans in to smile. But Fultz like kind of smiles and waves and says, hi, mom. And like some of the radio guys just like took him to task for it. Like, why is he there? As if 
as if like the kid's not allowed to go out and support his teammates to go out catch summer league ba- you know basketball like everybody else. I mean, Lonzo Ball shot sucks, but he's still allowed to be there courtside. I don't see anybody like you know going you know crazy about it. Um, I I don't know. It, I I feel like at this point, like I know that programming is a little bit slow at this point. Um, but I, I think there's a way to construct an intelligent conversation and get people to listen to it and not have to go so sensationalist. So like, yeah, while we recorded one show last week, I would still argue if we're able to record, uh, well, one is, one is not good. That was just scheduling. But if we're able to record three times a week and put together a coherent and, and somewhat intelligent, if not, you know, somewhat annoying, uh, back and forth for 45 minutes an hour. If we went on the radio right now uh, with a few topics, with the the knowledge that we could use callers for even like, say, 10% of the time and mix in commercial breaks, we could fill a few hour shift. And we wouldn't have to go and make this like stupid conversation around, you know, is Ben Simmons a fraud? Is Ben Simmons uh, focused more on Kendall Jenner than he is on, you know, perfecting a mid-range jumper? Like, it's just dumb. Like, it's, it's as if these guys, like, there's the human element to this whole thing, and it's as if the radio stations, like, I, I guess they don't care enough, or they, they just want to take the easy way out, or their hosts do, but, like, the idea of building this whole thing around Ben Simmons and Mark Helfoltz don't deserve to be human is nonsense, because that's really what this boils down to. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I could make an argument for wishing that Foltz would play in the Summer League, um, definitely. No. I know if he's working on a shot, maybe you don't want to interrupt the practice and drew Hanlon keeps tweeting that we're going to love what we see and you know all things are are sounding like he he has found his shot again but i could use i could use him playing you know take a guy like josh hart uh is playing in his second consecutive summer league and he's tearing it up uh and you know fultz certainly played a hell of a lot less this season than josh hart did and, and some other guys so i can make that argument but yeah i totally agree that uh bashing him for being there like i'm sure these are the same guys who would be bashing him if he was say in california with the reality tv star and not sitting at summer league right so it's he's in a yep. lose-lose if he shows up well yeah. it's like, hey why aren't you playing and if not it's like yo why are you doing this and not in a gym like literally anything short of gym pictures I'm sure at some point Angelo Cataldi will bring up today Joel Embiid burying himself like the Undertaker on the beach and saying that he's going to hurt his knee. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but like so. I, I, I tweeted, I tweeted something similar over the weekend. It's like if if Fultz is at the game, right, and he's smiling, it's how dare the kid be happy? He should be in a gym. Go work on it. If Fultz is there and not smiling, it's like why isn't he playing? How can he be so miserable? He's a millionaire and he hasn't earned it. Get in the gym. And if he isn't there, it's is Markel Fultz a bad teammate? 610-877-729. Like that that's the stuff that I don't get. And and I, I understand that I guess it's a way to try to grab ratings. And I don't think either station, this is the the other thing that I don't get. So we're in twenty eighteen, right? And and <laughs> these stations have people who run their social media accounts. And it feels like since we've gone to two hundred eighty characters, when you can have a, a slightly more nuanced topic you know, listed in your tweet, the old excuse used to be, well, there's only 140 characters. It's it's hard to get our whole point across. You've got 280 characters now. You can put together a coherent argument, a longer list of topics for a tweet. You can explain out the rationale better on Twitter so that people can understand. And yet, it feels like both of these stations fail to do so in a in an intelligent way. And I don't get that. Like, I don't know who runs their social media pages. I would love to know who runs the 97.5 social media page? 
I want to know who's the the one that's in charge of of putting the polls up on their account because I believe to, to me those it, are the things that they get mocked the most for. It, I agree, and I believe it is individual show producers have access to that. It's not like just one person, um, and you know, radio producers tend to run the gamut on uh, intellect, hence the. Uh, you know, occasional misspellings and stuff. But I think I think it's also t- a little bit unfair for us to judge an entire show based on what they tweet out soliciting people. That said, if that is, you know, if that is the, the front-facing whatever of your station and it shows up on people's timelines, then that's a reasonable thing to critique them over. That's not an indictment of the whole station. I think, you know, you're talking about the occasional, not, you know, tweet from both stations that is, you know, quasi looks ridiculous. And then you'll have a host uh, tell you that, well, that was only five minutes of our show and yep. yada 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 but um those are things meant to draw people in so who knows um all of that said you know I, one thing we we're not talking about here is is anything nbc sports philly has said and probably because i think they've become increasingly and maybe even rapidly irrelevant in local sports discussion i mean yes they they air the games, and and yes, I guess post game certainly post game live for meaningful games is is you know feels like a, a must watch after an Eagles game for sure, a big Sixers game, stuff like that. But um, I mean, I don't know anyone who watches Danny Pommels on whatever the the early morning show that they do now is. Um, is he still this, there? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh. This coming on the heels of you know letting go of Molly Sullivan and Jessica Camarado, and um, I bring this up to say. We have um, a post coming on Crossing Broad, I believe today, uh, where we're you know kind of getting into this more of a long opinion piece. A few of us have contributed to about like the direction in which NBC Sports Philly is is heading, um, and I think I think the the high level takeaway will be that they just don't care about like traditional sports coverage anymore. And that sounds harsh, but like it's part cost cutting. I think it's part seeing where the ball is going and understanding that their money is really made in the in the live games and and the, probably the post game shows. But it feels like they've just sort of completely cast aside any sort of actual coverage, which is probably the right move. Um, and the few things they've done, when I say coverage, like highlight type shows, um, and the few things that they've done in its place, like quick slants and the more ultra whatever mark farzetta does uh with the skinny tie uh all that um it's like crap basically and and i actually think mark's good but i think like their format is just crap and they're copying things espn did like 10 years ago but um other than that they really haven't i know like a couple years ago we suggested they do more long form things and behind the scenes things like they have all this access make it make it cool um they are coming out with a 2008 phillies retrospective which seems like one of those things so we'll reserve judgment on that but um and they're doing a little bit better online with social media stuff they hired away travis hughes from sb nation uh you know and if nothing else he's real talented you know with the social media stuff so i think that will improve for them but uh you know we never talk about stuff they do and i was thinking about this and it's like well because no one like i don't know anyone who's like oh yeah hey did you see uh philly the new philly sports talk last night um you know the only thing that anybody and it might just be because they know that it's not worth focusing on that stuff anymore well yeah the only thing that people have brought up recently that i can think of from nbc sports philly was when um, Mizzinelli and, and 
uh, his producer, was his Tyrone, right? Well, they had their blow up and then it was caught on camera. Like that was the only intrigue. By the way, that's Which like is not the, even their that, thing, by the way. You like, know? But like, by the way, that, that to me is like the most intelligent thing they've done in years. Mm-hmm. Why they wouldn't be simulcasting radio shows throughout the day even is something I don't understand. Like to me... If if you know that you wanted to kill off Sports Rise, which they effectively did, and you know that you don't have content during the day, then why not do a simulcast? Like if it needs to be with 97.5 the whole day, then that's fine. If you want to strike a deal to do like the WIP afternoon show, then fine. I actually wouldn't even be that opposed if they decided that for the morning they wanted to go with like the WIP morning show as a simulcast. Now I know that that probably gets tricky with with the rights between the stations and everything, but. To me, double down on on what people would be interested in, and like people still listen to the radio. I think people would still be lis- interested in you know watching that, even if the production value is not very high. You know, you put it on at the gym, do whatever. But you know, kind of to what you were saying before, like I, I'm trying to think, it was probably a year ago we talked about the fact that they should be doubling down on you know if they're going to steal anything from ESPN, steal thirty for thirty which is also ridiculous in a sense to say because it's it's won Peabody Awards and Emmys and everything. But, like, go out and and try to replicate the, the effect that 30 for 30 has. You know, and not only is it that you're a regional network, you are part of, you're under the NBC and Comcast umbrella. You have access to behind-the-scenes scenes. Like, to me, NBC Sports Philly should have rolled out or should be rolling out one of the best in-depth behind-the-scenes documentaries about the Super Bowl. Like, there's no reason not to. NBC certainly had cameras there. Uh, NBC would be able to give you all of the the behind-the-scenes stuff, probably locker room into, uh, you know, even the hallways of of get the players getting ready. Cameras leading up to it. Like, if if you know that your team is going to be in the Super Bowl, I would think that you would have cameras behind the scenes following some of the players leading up to it. That should be the crown jewel. I mean, even for the Sixers, like you've got the rights to the Sixers, do the same thing. Follow players throughout the season. Give us not like the the old like Phillies yearbook thing. I never thought those were all that great. Um, Go, you but, you bite your tongue. Th- I thought they you were bite okay. your tongue on the Phillies well, look, home I companion. I think the, pro- the the production. I wore value, them down to to strips in my VCR. I, I'm not. I I don't doubt it. Whatever it takes. The production dude, value now that it you takes. are. Like now that you're associated with NBC, what I'm saying is like comparatively the the difference in the graphics packages or whatever and the the behind the scenes access and everything that you should have now, you should be able to put on stuff that should in theory be able at least aesthetically rival what ESPN does. And and I think they should be doing it. They should be following the Sixers from now on. They should be behind the scenes even at Summer League, go through the regular season, through the playoffs, and I want to see a real in-depth series. Why can't we do something that's similar to what HBO used to do with 24-7? Why couldn't you do something every month or at the midway point of the season where it's an introspective on the Sixers, an hour and a half, where it goes behind the scenes and like as the season is unfolding, you're seeing stuff behind the scenes. You could do it with the Flyers too. Like if, if you don't know that that if you know you have a dedicated fan base in the Flyers, they'll eat that stuff up. Do a well, weekly show. Like I would you say have, you have all this stuff available to you, then just use it. Use it better. Utilize your resources better than you are now because you're certainly like putting Ruben Frank and Derek Gunn on quick slants. I don't know who, like honestly, I don't know who watches it. I, I don't know if there if there are people. And if they if there are, fine. You know, Derek Gunn seems like a good guy. Ruben Frank, I, I don't understand his value in the landscape of Philadelphia media, but like whatever. I, I, by the By the time 
I got done offending his 6.3 fans. Someone ate 2.5 ham, egg, and cheese croissant sandwiches at a Dunkin' Donuts three miles outside of Philadelphia for the first time since 2007. Like, that's what he does. The arbitrary stats. Like, it's great. But, like, other than that, I don't know what he does. So, double down on it. Let's go. Let's get the, the 24-7 style stuff and use use your resources, NBC. Let's go. I would say that I, I your Super Bowl idea is a good one, and they definitely should, and maybe they will. I guess it's tough to beat the Eagles or, you know, what the Eagles or the league puts out. But, yes, they should be doing, like, an immediate, intro, you know, retrospective on that. How what I would say is it's probably easier said than done with football because certainly Super Bowl rights are, are probably a touchy issue, even who owns the footage elsewhere in the stadium. But, you know, let, let again, we don't have to even go overboard with this. They have the broadcast rights to the Phillies, Flyers and Sixers. They their same company owns the Flyers um, and they have invested a ton of money in the Phillies who, again, this will get to our topic in a second who can use all the help in the world for viewership and attendance and ratings and all that stuff. So there's no reason why they would be against it. And the Sixers are pretty progressive. So so I, I've talked to people from there and, you know, it is it is more difficult sometimes to get access um, because teams teams by their nature want to give less access. And now they can use their own camera crews to do things. You know, the Eagles put out an, an hour-long documentary. The Flyers, we could talk to Anthony Sanfilippo about this. Uh, you know, he was in charge of this when he worked for them or was a major part of their Flyers series. Um, so it's it's easier for teams to do, and they're, they're less likely to want to let outsiders in. But, you know, CSN is, or NBC Sports Philly, whatever the F, is as close to an insider as you possibly get, uh, especially here in Philly, because they've, they've you know been around so long and the, re- the relationships run deep anyway. Why not do a, forget about monthly, do a weekly show. Just, f- you know, get cameras in as many places as you can. Teams aren't going to light in the locker room, or maybe not on the plane, but you could do a weekly, hour-long, um, you know, like, uh, highlight, not even a highlight show, but like just a... A, a, a weekly documentary it doesn't need to be the production standard of 24 7 and you're not going to get that is that level of access but you certainly get enough to put along put on an hour show um i guess Here's, here let me let me jump in really quick one of the things that we're gonna i guess get around to with this phillies topic is i the one thing that i feel like this team lacks is a a, a relatable personality it doesn't feel like i've connected with this team hence i don't watch them as much NBC Sports Philly could fix that. They could fix it immediately. If we knew what these guys were like behind the scenes, we might find a reason to to watch them. So if you've got the rights to this team, give me behind the scenes of like what a day in the life of a Duble Herrera looks like. Give me an idea of what it looks like for a guy like Hector Neris who starts the season as the closer, goes down to the Iron Pigs, comes back up and gets rocked. Like, I want to understand what he goes through as a player. I want to understand what Reese Hoskin feels like out in left field when, you know, the team signed Carlos Santana and it's worked out now, but he got himself after a great year and looking like he was going to be the cornerstone first baseman. He's now thrown out to left field. I want to know what that looks like. I want to know what the heck's going on with Aaron Altair and Nick Williams behind the scenes that leads them to be such inconsistent hitters. These are all things that they could utilize their coverage for, get a camera to follow the player and like put together a weekly show. And it doesn't have to be like the dumb recappy, like let's get too cute, like Comcast Sportsnet used to. Utilize the NBC Sports umbrella. Make it feel bigger than than real life. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And what I was going to say is, uh, I think there's probably a disconnect between what we want as fans and what they want to reasonably do. Because again, it's kind of about where the money is and focusing on the live broadcast rights and and everything else is. It's not, you know, in the same way we've we've hand wrung about websites and stuff and ad revenue being useful and stuff and where people's attention is going on, you know, being able to get highlights immediately on social media. It has definitely changed what we do on Crossing Broad even. Like I always, the example I always use to people is when they ask about the site and what's changed or whatever, like one of the, usually one of the first things come up if I tell someone like what I do or someone who is familiar with the site and I'm like look in 2010 when that guy got tased at the Phillies game it was like us locally us the 700 level and the fightings maybe who would like were interested in immediately finding that video on YouTube and posting it so people could see it and maybe nationally it was like dead spin and the big lead right and all Philly.com and NBC Sports Philly and certainly any of the local newspapers and certainly Bleacher Report at the time was more or less just fans writing and SB Nation wasn't as nearly as big as it is now, all those things. Nowadays, if that were to happen now, so there was a handful of sites that we could find that video and post it. And back then it was like all the mainstream outlets were just concerned about writing their newspaper copy. They didn't really have bloggers on call 24-7 to cover this stuff. They weren't interested in it. CSN barely even had a website, like a usable website at that point. Um, nowadays, if that were to happen, like think about how quickly if someone got t- tased on the field at the Phillies game, forget about like websites posting it. You know, Certainly all the ones I just named and then add in Bleacher Report, add in Philly.com, add in NBC Sports Philly, Philly Voice, Billy Penn, you know, all, if they're even fucking still around. But all, like every website in existence would immediately put that there because it's free clicks. So that competition has grown significantly, that real-time offbeat stuff. Every website now is doing that. But social media would take care of it. You know, that would show up in everybody's Twitter feed. And if you don't use Twitter, it would show up in your Instagram feed. And if you don't use Instagram, it would show up in your Facebook feed. Like, it would be everywhere instantaneously. And that, like, websites can't compete with and Comcast can't compete with in the highlight department. A crazy Ben Simmons play slash dunk, you're going to see it 10 times before you sit down to watch NBC Sports, whatever the fuck, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts, brought to you by... FC Kerback brought to you by Gary Barbera brought to you by Michael Barkhan's blue glasses like you're going to see that 10 times before you sit down so I like I get that they're losing you know their competitive advantage so on their end it their view might be why focus on this stuff even the stuff we're talking about those weekly shows those things take money to produce they take time and money to produce and they probably can't they're pro- the network is not relevant enough that they can make that money up in ad revenue you know, whereas 24-7, HBO makes that money in subscriptions, and they have a ton of money, and they can do that sort of thing. And putting out a DVD, you know, the NFL can sell, they'll make their money back. Or putting 30 for 30 on ESPN, they'll get a major national sponsor, and they'll at least break even, if not, you know, certain, probably make money on it. It's probably different with Comcast. You know, if, if it's, they... it's NBC, Comcast, Jesus. I, they don't need the money. Right, but Russ, Do your I mean, fans a service. Now I know. I but agree. Like, oh, my God. But it's not like... It's not I like, agree, it's but not they're like companies. It's like you're like crying to the poorhouse. Like, I, 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 oh, Jesus. I get it, but the, I, I get it. Look, I get but, it. And that's, but, and that's but part they of are, like, they've all the behind the scenes stuff the thought, already, right? Like, oh, they... Oh, but they oh. are companies, right? And there's a certain budget allocated to the region. You know, I mean... In the grand scheme of things, 
you know, the regional sports networks do definitely have a value to NBC because they give them ten. You know, especially now where they're striking deal, you know, where where the the media business is further consolidating, and it gives them tentacles in the individual cities. That can, I mean, the regional sports networks are not a little deal; they are still a big deal. But again, most of that comes from the broadcast rights of the games. Not the other stuff they put on is just like literally filler. And back twenty years ago, when the network launched, it was a big deal because you had oh, this sport twenty four seven local sports. And people were craving that. Well, now now you don't need a TV network to do that. Even then, it was a stretch to fill it with content. You wound up with infomercials and all that. Now it's even more of a stretch. So, you know, they have budgets allocated to what they can actually spend around the games. Um, because, again, you, they're not going to do something for free. They're, they're not a charity. So they should, at the very least, be you know inclined to, to break even on what, whatever it is they're doing. And it's probably tough if you do these hour-long shows. Certainly if you're doing you know hour-long highlight shows. I used to intern on, on Sports Night back in 2003, and I was free. And you know they used a bunch of free college kids to sit there and watch the games and log what happened. But you know the amount of people it takes to put on one of those shows, you got... I don't know, three or four editors there, a manager overseeing everything, a couple of production assistants, two on-air hosts, a producer, a director, two cameramen. Like, you know, you're spending a lot of money. Forget about, like, the overhead costs to put on these shows and, and a lot of time, and it's probably not worth it. And it's probably the same thing for all those good ideas we just talked about. Like, it's tougher if ESPN or HBO devotes a ton of time and money to create this show, it could potentially be watched by three or four million people if it's a good national national program. One million people. You know, if Comcast does this, you know, maybe they get a hundred thousand people to watch it. I don't know. Probably probably even short of that. So the amount of money you can make on the back end is is it doesn't scale as well either. So I'm not defending them. I think I think they've they've just tried to like completely replicate what ES what worked for ESPN ten years ago, which doesn't work now, which is like debate and whatever. And it's like every every you know they're trying to turn Philly sports talk into Michelle Beadle's show, like and it's just it's just I don't think it's really working. But uh, you know that's probably there if you want it. Um, I guess life NBC Philly. Nobody nobody really cares. Yeah, uh, I guess while we're on this topic, we should probably get to our main topic, which. Uh, is baseball and um while we're yelling at like the yelling at clouds about you know what what is not relevant anymore the fills are in first and it feels like they are somehow you know they may never be as relevant as they were from 2007 to 2011 but it it feels like this is like not on the top of a lot of people's minds where the Sixers being on first in first was the Eagles certainly was the Flyers haven't sniffed first in forever. So who knows? But you know, the question is, does baseball have a problem? And I know Bob hates this topic and I know it was kind of talked about hackily in some cases on uh, WIP last week, but I actually think there is an issue with baseball and without overstating it. Like, I don't think the sport is done. I don't think it's out of business in five years. But I do think they have an attention problem and a momentum problem that they maybe have just started to realize or maybe they haven't fully realized it at all yet. And I feel like regardless, it might be, you know, I don't want to say too late. Like, I I just feel like they do not have the prospects right now, certainly that the NBA has. The NFL is always going to be king. Um, 
I just think they're they have a relevance problem right now, and there's something to it, and we have some numbers and to back it up and things to talk about. So I don't know your high level thoughts on on that notion. That baseball's in trouble. Yeah, like how yeah, how much do you how much do you buy into this being a thing? Because we could no, sit it, here, it is, and I'm sure there's a, a subset of people listening to the show who watch every Phillies game, but you know. Both anecdotally and though Comcast hasn't put out the numbers, um, and usually they will if they're good for for ratings, I guarantee you, like, you know, maybe half as many people are watching games this year as they were in 2011. Uh, Certainly the attendance numbers aren't there, and that takes time. I get that. And in 2006, they weren't filling that ballpark in early 2007, even early 2008. But I feel like then there was at least like a water cooler – conjecture about the Phillies that still does not exist now um yeah yeah I mean look MLB has an issue uh with attendance it's not just attendance in the park it's the average age of consumers we already have talked about in the past is higher um there was an article done last year about you know how the major leagues compare to say esports for example and one of the one of the biggest things that I guess stands out is like the NFL's average age uh, in this article, which uh, doesn't make as much sense as like the the macro sense from from another one that we talked about in the past. But they said that the um, the fan average age, age. Fan age, yeah, the, the average fan age in the NFL was like twenty six point six years old. NBA was twenty six point eight. NHL was twenty seven point right. four. Well, I'm just saying this is compared to. Uh, Oh wait, hold. Uh, that can't da, 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 da. Be right. The NBA's is forty-two. Um, the average age of an NBA fan is forty-two, which is on the young side. I believe football is like like mid forties, and then baseball like. Your oh my bad, I was reading this wrong. That's yeah. the average age. Whoop, my bad. That was the average age the of the uh, the typical player. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my fault. Um. So average average MLB player is twenty-nine. Uh, NHL twenty-seven and a half, give or take. NBA and NFL doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old the players are. (laughs) But well, I'm saying because well, it kind of does because when you come back around, like esports, for example, right? Like the esports people uh, typically are anywhere between 21 and 25, and that's kind of mirrored back in their audience, right? So when we talk about the fact that like esports is obviously growing, it's uh, it's in a spot right now where TV networks want to go after esports. But the esports providers, the esports leagues themselves, don't necessarily need it because they can just use streaming pr- platforms and make just as much money without the middleman. And they don't um, want it. That's, they, not yeah. only they don't need it, they don't want it. Yeah. I mean, they'll take yeah. it, but so, they don't. So what I'm saying is, like, you know, when when you think about something like esports, which a lot of people wouldn't even consider, right? Like, our parents wouldn't consider it. Even, I don't know, people in, in their 30s might not necessarily consider wanting to sit down and watch, like, Super Smash Brothers Melee, right? But... If you're a kid, if you're even in your your early 20s, if you're competitive, if you like to get on Xbox Live or PS, you know, PlayStation Online or whatever, and you know you're interested in seeing the way that those guys go and, and attack stuff technique wise, well, okay, like if if you're younger and and the people that you're watching play are also younger, well, then the the average age uh, is going to be younger. And what do we know about social media and youth? Like those things go hand in hand. You're going to get a better buzz about your league and about what's going on and getting millions and millions of subscribers and everything. The flip side of that, baseball, like, baseball doesn't have that. Baseball is incredibly difficult to find highlights for on social media platforms. It's as if MLB doesn't want you to enjoy it. It's as if MLB wants you to watch it on, 
you know, one of their partner networks or go to the ballpark and watch it. And I'm sorry, but for somebody who might want to sit down and catch an esports game or watch Major League Soccer or watch one of these international soccer leagues or watch the NBA where, you know, the highlights are more readily available on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on wherever, to tell them, well, go to a ballpark and watch a game for three and a half hours. I'm sorry, baseball, but it doesn't work. It will not work. The only people that that works with are the family who decide to go out, you know, for a nice summer day, which happens, uh, or the baseball lifer. I mean, like if, if you've got a family member who loves baseball, who has season tickets or whatever, wants to take you out, well, then fine. If you're a kid who likes to play baseball and you're in love with the game, then fine. But the average consumer does not want to go out and sit in 95 degree weather in the summer to go watch a Phillies team meander around, make stupid errors in the infield, uh, make poor judgment calls on paths to the ball in the outfield. They don't want to watch that. They just don't. And if they did, Major League Baseball wouldn't be having some of the attendance crises that it's having. But here we are. It's 2018 and baseball is a dying sport. And for all the people who love baseball, like, I'm sorry, until you make a, a change in the way that the game is played and, and until you're able to make a change in the way that pacing is done or the double switches are capped or that pitching changes are capped or there is a pitch clock, you're not going to be able to compete. And it might work right now. You might be able to stay afloat in, in you know, July here of 2018. But by 2020, if they don't make a change, you're going to continue to see a, a baseball attendance issue. And you're going to certainly see the TV numbers continue to dip. Yeah, I and I, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate. I feel like saying they're, they're dying or, or, you know, going to be dead is probably, is probably not the right way to to phrase it. I, I don't know. And I would like, I just don't want to get into the thing where we're overstating it, but I agree with all, all of your points there. Um, you know, the, the, the problem is, and I'm sorry, I'm looking up numbers here for, if you search Mike Trout in YouTube, right? The first yep. videos to come up are from ESPN, MLB, MLB, Mike Trout in high school, which has one, over a million views and, uh, MLB fan account, MLB, 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 Fox Sports West, and not all of these, but most of these are official accounts of like leagues and networks. Whereas, and most of these Google, videos have if, under ten thousand. Yeah, if if you put uh, LeBron James, the, most of them, the, that's like what the first, I was first, to. first, yeah, first two or three are like ESPN, and the rest are all slam yeah. or and or these put, other like fun accounts, and they've got millions of views. Thank you. Um, I did it with Kevin Durant because I feel like LeBron okay. is, is probably an unfair comparison. Although Mike Trout, you know, could could eventually wind up being one of the top three baseball players of all time. But you put him in, um, and it's relatively like official accounts, but not much of anything. Whereas if you type in Kevin Durant, like he's got eighteen thousand views of a video posted of him yesterday, like playing basketball with. I don't know. I don't know if he's on like one of those foreign tours or if that's an old video or whatever. But like the trout stuff is like it's all official stuff. Here's a video of uh, Billy Ripkin discussing him on Sports Center, and here's a, some old radio guy um, or Chris Russo talking about him. It's got 600 some views, and Mike Trout highlights from 2016 has 221,000 views. Again, if you type in Kevin Durant and see Kevin Durant highlights, you got. I mean, you're talking like countless videos in the hundreds of thousands of views, 339,000 just from the official NBA account with individual accounts in the 200,000 views range, like re repeatedly over 150,000 views on these highlight videos. 
and most of them are not from official accounts. So what is the point here? You know, to your point about social media, and we've talked about this before, baseball had for a long time, and still I think at least implicitly, does not like when people use its footage on the internet. And all the leagues could cling to these rights if they wanted to. The NFL certainly goes above and beyond with this and only allowing their official partnership with Twitter to post highlights on Twitter, you know, officially outside of people doing GIFs and stuff. Um, All the leagues could claim this, but it's a fight the NBA and the NHL certainly don't choose to take on because they understand that people sharing and embracing their products and doing creative things someone putting together top 10 dunks of Kevin Durant's season. But, I mean, it's down to the point where after almost NBA, every NBA game, you could go type in the name of any relevant player, say Markel Fultz, you know, the last 10 games of the season. And there was Dawkins, MTA, and uh, two other guys who would clip up just his, like, cuts, just his reel from the game and put it on YouTube. You will never find that with a baseball game short of like a a major player. And in that, you're still not going to find like someone who's clipped together all of his at-bats. And this may sound like a small thing, but when you have this like echo chamber online that repeats and reinforces and promotes the product and allows people to talk about it and go watch, sit there and watch videos of Markel Fultz for hours or or whatever they want to do or Kevin Durant or whatever, Ben Simmons, you know, you don't get that with baseball. And with baseball, you click on a link, and it's the MLB official thing, and here's an ad. Here's a 30-second ad for 28 seconds of highlights. And it just – that does not speak to the way young people consume uh, you know, consume media. Like think about when we were little, and I, I think of like Craig Kilborn giving me a Jumanji when a home run went out. You know, that was the way as like a you know young kid I consumed and enjoyed baseball – well, now the way a young kid might consume and enjoy highlights is going on YouTube or or Instagram and, you know, just seeing these things cut up. And with baseball, it's like it it almost doesn't exist in those realms. I think that's a big problem. But, um, yeah, I mean, you talked about the age of the fan. Like, you know, maybe this conversation is less about, you know, the sport as a whole and maybe some of the ratings in some cases are, are up. Like the World Series was way up last year. Um you know, they just had their highest game of the season with the Yankees Red Sox tilt, which, by the way, of the Sunday Yankees Red Sox, right? Right. It, but which, by the way, and the Yankees are really good and the Red Sox are good. So, you know, that I think is good for baseball as much as people hate the Yankees. I think everyone is more into it when the Yankees are good, when premium premium teams, I'd say more than any other sport, um, you know. Like, look at the Warriors. The Warriors were not really a relevant franchise for decades. And then they, you know, explode. And now they're the most, you know, they're the team everybody wants to watch and the biggest draw in the sport. And granted, like, they're kind of a freak show because they're so good. But the Warriors were not like a relevant market up up until the last five years. Um, but in baseball, you know, like you could have a dominant Astros team for all we know. And like no one gives a shit. Um, I think having a team like the Yankees in it really does make a, a big difference. But what I was going to say is you have these like, yes, you might have these small wins that baseball gets, but then you look at the average age of these people and like go to a Phillies game, look at the average person. And he looks like, you know, he's, he's, you know, with all due respect to, you know, my, my dad and father-in-law, you know, he's a dude Middle in the six. <laughs> Dude in his 60s with graying hair who's wearing a T-shirt with a graphic on the back and, you know, grew up, uh, you know, loving the Wiz kids. And that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But it looks like you're at a Corvette show, 
It looks like you're at a Corvette <laughs> show when you're at a Phillies game now. Seriously. And, you know, that's a problem because, you know, it's not just about, you know, you're talking about the esports thing. You're like, well, okay, well, there's, mo- there's no- yeah, they might have young people, but people grow up and whatever. And the, the problem is if you don't have young people, it's not about the viewership now. It's about the viewership in 5, 10, 20 years. If kids now, you know, I spent my free time watching those Phillies Home Companion videos. If I could sit there and watch people playing, I don't know. Super Smash Melee. Yeah, but I'm thinking, you know, watch a Madden tournament, like watch Madden NBA 2K tournament. Yeah, GoldenEye when I was little, like, you know, I was a little bit older. But yeah, I mean, if I could sit there and watch them play that game, I would have met I would have watched people play Metal Gear Solid till I was blue in the face. Mario Kart, you know, whatever Zelda, you know, name your game. NBA Jam, that would have been a fun one. Like I would have. I think about like, okay, here's the time I spent becoming a baseball fan. I'd sit there in the summer, watch the Home Companion and watch Sports Center. Now kids aren't doing that, so they're not growing up to be baseball fans. The one sport of the four major sports, or five if you want to include the MLS, um, which I think is, is a vastly inferior product to everything. Um, it is, but the uh, the interest is there with young people. Yeah, okay, fine, fair. Th- fine, let's include five then. Of those sports... The NBA, combine, maybe let's yeah. If you combine, I guess combine MLS and then combine the fact that like the international soccer leagues are so yeah readily accessible. Kids know about Ronaldo and Messi like they never have before. So right, yeah, yeah. okay. Put so, soccer you, together as like its own hodgepodge thing. Okay, fifth thing. So of those, you know, of the five sports, you probably got the NBA and you probably got soccer are the things that could actually compete with those other things for kids. Like, hey, what do I want to spend my time clicking on and watching here? You know, and again, I'm speaking in in generalities. I know there, I'm sure there are young baseball fans out there. I get that. Um, you know, but overall, it's probably the NBA. All the other sports don't really command that sort of like, hey, I got all this free time and I can literally watch and do anything electronically which is something those of us who are over 25 probably can't comprehend having that much access to everything when you're little. You know, why do I want to sit and watch a three-hour baseball game or even watch the highlights? This is boring. I'm going to go watch these kids play, you know, like you said, Super Smash Brothers or something. That's a problem that that baseball has. And, you know, I think it manifests itself in what you see in the ballpark. And then, and now I guess we could sit here and talk about, okay, why does it have these problems? Well, Unless you so, have to go, because I know we're running long. Well, yeah, I, pretty soon. Um, so there, there are like two ways I look at this, right? So not only if you're a kid and you sit down and like you, now you have to watch a three and a half hour game, but like, so I'm married with two kids, right? And the amount of time that I have to watch TV is so precious. It's so it's such a small period of time. The kids go down for bed and it's like, you've got two, two and a half hours probably to watch TV. I can't rationalize staying up until 10, 1030 to watch the Phillies kind of blunder around. And I know they're in first place. I think part of it is just stylistically, you know, like I think when baseball is exciting, it's when your team is a competent offensive team, when you're able to slug, when you're able to get guys on base constantly. And it's, and it's exciting. Walks are not exciting. They're great. I mean, it's, it's great. Your on-base percentage goes up. You're increasing the likelihood that you're able to to, uh, excuse me, to score. But I want to see a team mash. And I know that, that that might, you know, 
piss off the baseball purist, but that's what I want. You know, it's it's one thing if you had like a, a Halliday or a Lee that you know is going to go out and slice and dice, and I guess we have that with Nola. So and you know, maybe if, even Arietta. If you're going to go, yeah. Well, Arietta's had had his struggles this year. Fine, but like, but still, but if it's, a, but if it's me, like, him. if if I'm looking at at Aaron Nola, okay, well then I know that when I go into this game, I'm looking specifically to watch Aaron Nola slice up the opposition. Like I'm looking for him to go out and replicate the kind of games that made me love baseball when, you know, Hamels was young and when, you know, we had Lee and, and Halliday and you would go out and, and you would almost enjoy watching another team's offensive futility almost as much as you would enjoy watching, you know, Ryan Howard and Chase Utley go back to back and like pat the back go up or, or uh, you know, eventually, you know, with, with worth and everything and like watch those guys mash. I mean, that's fine. But, you know, for me, I'm not going to take my two and a half hours of, of TV time and sit down and, and watch this Phillies team. I just, I can't do it. And it sucks because I want to. And I love the Phillies. I really did. It's just, I, I find it hard to watch. And my my last thing is. Hold on. Hold on. I well, want to respond to that point. Okay, I want to respond. Because I think you touched on something. I, I don't even say I would call it this Phillies team. They're good. Like, they're fun to watch. And we could talk about the personalities. And that's something that, you know, I think on the part of the team and the broadcast networks, Major League Baseball, and part of my Trout example before, does such a shitty job. Forget about, like, the media rights and what they let people post. They do such a shitty job of promoting their stars. And maybe maybe it's because stars have a, you know, baseball players tend to be the least interesting of the four sports. Like, if you ever listen to a baseball player talk, it's, it's usually not pretty or enlightening in most of the time, okay? NBA players have very distinct personalities. There's so many football players that there's always a few personalities. Hockey guys have their own cult-like following. Soccer guys are, you know, really eclectic and whatever and, and so vastly different. All baseball guys are, like, kind of the same. Um, or there's like two of them. There's like, you know, the stereotypical, like, you know, cornbread white dude. And then there's, you know, a Dominican player and (laughs) there's just not a lot of personality coming from baseball. So that might be part of the problem, but baseball does a horrible job of marketing its players. So, but set that aside. I think what you touched on conceptually with kids, you know, so we've established if you're really young, you know, consuming baseball has been made difficult by the league and also you have so many other options that are quite frankly like probably more fun and interesting you have the older fans but like let's take us the people between 25 and 45 who probably you know are married getting married might have young kids might have kids in general you're right i'm the same way like at night by the time everything's said and done kid goes to sleep and you know i tend to get up pretty early so i'm usually in bed by 11 like i probably got about two hours to actually sit and watch tv um, what is it you want to spend those precious two hours doing? And with the Sixers, you know, football is, is different because it's once a week and you could you could set aside a day or an evening to be your football night and you make a little bit of an event out of it. And that's fine. And Sixers games are short enough and impactful enough NBA games. That, that seems like a reasonable way to spend it. They're, they're fast. A lot happens. You can get the whole game in. The average NBA game, I think this year, was two hours, 15 minutes. A soccer game is two hours. Baseball, the average game time is three hours still, despite the pitch clock, despite all this. I think it's actually gone up in recent years. Um, not year over year, but like over the last five years. So how do yep. you want to spend that time? And I do this almost every night now that the Phillies are good. I used to sit around 2010, 2011, watch every single Phillies game. And granted, they were better and, and household names and all that. But now when I sit down, I'm like, do I want to spend these free two hours I have, which by the way, I you know, 
do sports all day long. So I know I'm in a little bit of a different boat. But do I want to spend these two hours watching the Phillies game? Or I really like this show that I want to catch up on. Or I'm binge watching this show or whatever. And, uh, you know, if you don't have eight hours to say, all right, well, I can catch up on the shows I want to see and still watch, you know, two-thirds of the Phillies game. It's like, all right, I got two hours. Yesterday, I had two hours in the middle of the day when, when Kyle went down for a nap. And the Phil's were on and they were losing. And I turned it on. And it was kind of slow and sleepy. And Tom McCarthy and John Cruck do nothing to help that situation. Um, and I was like you know what? I've never seen, this sounds nerdy, but I hadn't seen the new Star Wars and I saw that it was on Netflix and I was like, I'd like to see that. Wait, so, it is? Yeah. Yeah. Last Jedi? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it. And I'm it, like, yeah, be not tonight. a big Star okay. Wars guy, but like, you know, wanted to see the new one. So I was on Netflix. Wasn't sure at what point over the next five days I was going to get two and a half hours where I could sit down and watch something beginning to end. And it was like, do I want to spend this time watching the Phillies game or I want to watch Star Wars? And it probably is a bad example because, you know, I'm not like someone who sits around and watches sci-fi stuff all day. But like if it was Billions, you know, if, if I had an episode of Billions to catch up on, I'd usually take that hour. So it baseball's in a weird spot because to consume the whole game, it requires three hours and nightly commitment, which is really difficult. And that's but like I think... You know, Kyle Scott runs a Philly sports blog and openly admitted that he, pro- Star he chose Wars Star Wars over the Philadelphia Phillies. Is that a violation? Eight 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 seven two nine. But it's like I haven't sat down. I don't think I sat. Down, I don't think I've watched a movie beginning to end in in three to four weeks. It's not like you know I don't sit around and watch movies all. I was like, all right, what do I want to do? What's something I haven't seen? I was like, oh, I haven't seen that. I don't know if I want to buy it. Like I own the other ones, but like that's on Netflix. I take advantage. Probably won't be on there that long. I get a few minutes to sit down and watch it. Whatever. Um, you know and. I, th- I think a part of the problem is, you know, where they, how they market their stars, how they let young people consume it. And then, you know, the thing we're touching on now is the time thing. And honestly, I know this sounds crazy. Um, and I know this is probably unrealistic, but I really actually, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I think the answer is a seven inning game. And I know basically every baseball fan doesn't want to hear that because baseball, okay. they're one, the one thing that baseball has going for it is it's nostalgia. And it's a slice of Americana and whatever. And a big part of that is the records and the allure of, you know, you know season-long home runs and all this stuff. And changing the length of games will, will almost certainly impact that. But you think about all the other sports. Look what a soccer game, again, two hours. And nine, people might say soccer well, two is... Two hours, including, including halftime. Like, I you're know. You're in and out in two hours. I know. Yeah, and people well, say, you know, people yeah, say so, soccer so. is slow. But ninety of the ninety minutes of the two hours, there is actual events go- going on. And by the way, no commercials. You know, you talk about why is there, you know, the all the advertising on jerseys because there's no commercials. You know, I'll, I'll have a guy, I'll watch a baseball player throw with a phone book strapped to his back if I don't have to sit through a commercial between every inning. Right? The NBA cut down what was it two or four of the the official time uh, the the timeouts. Right. So yep. they, they got the games down. They understood that down to two hours, 15 minutes. And it might seem like they're losing money in the short term, but they're looking at the bigger picture. And I feel like over the years with the way they've handled rights and the way they've whatever, baseball has always gone for the short term, you know, has been also always been short-sighted. And something like reducing games, I said this to my father-in-law last night, who's a, who's a baseball purist and huge baseball fan. He's like, well, yeah, but they're going to lose, you know, four commercial breaks. I was like, okay, but there are other ways to get that revenue. And quite honestly, if you have 50% more people watching the games and 20% more people who like the sport, 
you are making up for that because you're able to charge more for those earlier commercial blocks. The NBA got games down to two hours, 15 minutes doing that that way. Baseball games, despite this goofy pitch clock, which really doesn't do anything anyways, has gone up because they've instituted ridiculous replay where someone comes out carrying a computer to their back. Like, it's a waste of time. Just have someone call it in. Like, you know, you're playing a game every night. you got to find ways to make it more consumable. And I honestly think a seven-inning game, is as crazy as it sounds, and it would offend purists, what was the best 90 minutes of baseball you've ever watched, forgetting about what it meant? It was the last three innings of Game 5 of the 2008 World Series. Because it was like, holy shit, Like baseball consumed in these short bites is incredible. If you got into the late innings, all of a sudden now, the fourth and fifth inning is the you know sixth and seventh inning. You're you're pulling starters. You're getting into strategy. You know, to me, the most interesting part of baseball is, you know, maybe not the ninth. It's like the you know sixth, seventh, eighth, where there's decisions to be made about the pitcher. You're yeah. thinking about pinch hitting. There's pivotal moments. These you know whatever they call them now, high leverage moments. You get to those moments an hour sooner. Forget about the game itself ending an hour earlier. Like all these things happen that much more quickly. Arguably, you might be able to go with a four-man rotation because you could pitch guys shorter and then get into your specialist. You don't need your starter to throw 100 pitches. Maybe you only need 80, and then you get to your specialist and your closer, whatever it is. Like It changes the strategy, but I think it makes it gets you to the more interesting part of the game more quickly, and it gets you in and out of there. And I, I know it's crazy, and it will probably never happen, but honestly, I think that would, that would go a long way to making the sport more relevant. Yeah, yeah. I can I can hear uh, Bob suing right now. He probably just woke up and uh, is cursing, thinking this is all just me, and it's it's not. I've enjoyed trolling Bob recently about uh you know basketball versus baseball, and his biggest argument is well we know with the NBA that the Warriors are going to win, which is totally true. Um, but kind of to one of the points that you had made a little and bit yet ago, people love it, the, and yet the, the, it's the, killing. They love it. it. Yeah. Yes. And and like here's the other thing. So uh, you'd mentioned it before, and I I I kind of missed uh, I think a little bit but um you know the, the Sixers I guess part of what makes the Sixers just more marketable is we feel like we know them so much more you know you might not like the fact that Ben Simmons is dating Kendall Jenner but that's now opened up the Sixers uh to a, a to much larger wife. broader to a, to a broader audience who follow the Kardashians or the Jenners or whatever and now they know who Ben Simmons is um again like this Phillies team I just don't really know who they are and maybe that's my fault like maybe that's on me as a viewer but Again, like I also feel like there should be, you know, some kind of onus on the network or on the team or whatever to, you know, kind of, I don't know, working, working this thing out. Like, I, I feel like we need to know who this Phillies team is. And I think baseball as a whole is kind of failing because I, I couldn't tell you who the biggest stars are across the sport. And, right. and that to me, that to me is a problem. You could not really follow the NBA, but you know who some of the biggest stars are right now. If you polled, I would say, you know, 15, 20 different um people from like let's say the ages of 16 to 26 who were the top 10 guys in major league baseball i i don't know if you would actually get a consensus and i don't know if you'd be able to name 10 guys you know you'd probably get some people who are our age saying well uh, yeah I, I don't know is that least still playing like i know he's probably not a, a star anymore but like is is he still playing um by the way and this this kind of got me thinking about it a little while ago but when you said about looking around and, and at a Phillies game and only seeing like let's say sixty year old white guys or whatever, I this is the, I don't know how people are going to take this, but to me I I kind of look at baseball as this like this old and 
this this thing that kind of needs like rejuvenation. And when I hear, I look around and all I see is old people and I don't see young people and I worry about the, the future of this thing. That to me sounds like what my parents used to say about like church. They would look around and say like, you know, it's a good church if there are kids and if there are young families. And if there's not, you feel like that church is going to die. Like they're, it's going to get folded. And, you know, your grandma and your aunts and uncles are going to go have to find a new church. And to me, that that kind of feels like where baseball is at. If you look around and, and you know, it's one thing to say that at the ballpark, you're not seeing a lot of kids or a lot of young families. It seems like it's all older people. But if if you have kids right now, if you're listening and you have kids and or, or like nieces and nephews and you don't see those kids donning any kind of apparel uh, of the Phillies or of whatever team they like or whatever star they like then that to me is is just as much of a problem because to me it's it's one thing for us to perceive based on what we're seeing in in attendance and you know as raw numbers and what we're seeing percentage wise you know being a drop like right now the Phillies I think are up six spots from where they were at this time last year but realistically attendance wise I think they're only up a thousand people more and last year we knew they were tanking this year they're in first place like that that to me you know symbolizes there's a a massive issue here but it's one thing for there to be the visual perception but if if we also know that you know you're walking around King of Prussia Mall or something and and you're not seeing kids wearing Philly stuff like they would have you know say six seven years ago that's an issue I mean, I, I've well, seen, and, and, and I, part I of that tell is, you, I've seen more kids wearing Steph Curry jerseys yes. or Kevin Durant jerseys than I've seen kids wearing like Adubo Herrera shirts or Reese Hoskins shirts. And that, that to me is an issue. And, yeah, and, and I'm not, I'm not even somebody who's all in on trying to save baseball, but you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. If and, I'm seeing more Neymar and Ronaldo jerseys than I'm seeing, you know, Aaron Nola shirts, then, then that to me is a, is a failure. In, in this market. Yeah, right? and part of, the, I think, the reason for that is, like, when you're wearing a player's jersey, why? Because you identify with that person. And sports in general have taken this shift, not that we don't root for teams anymore, but we've kind of shifted a little bit away. And I, I'm guessing, I, I'm not in the mindset of a kid, but I'm guessing kids are even much more like this, where they identify with certain players, like you said, like like Kevin Durant, like Steph Curry, you know, whoever it is. They don't even need to be these the the biggest name guys you know i mean take a i don't know like give me a demar de rose i don't know that's probably that's a that's a bad example um but like they identify with individual players fantasy sports have helped that i think sports gambling is going to change things and might add this is another conversation but can actually help baseball because during the summer if there's one thing baseball is going for, there are a lot of individual events. And with live betting, where you can bet on individual plays or whatever, baseball presents countless scenarios for that. And with nothing else going on in the summer, that can definitely help baseball. No doubt about it. But I think all of these things, you know, gambling, fantasy, video games, uh, YouTube, social media, all this stuff has allowed people to identify with players more and become fans of players and this goes back to baseball's problem marketing its stars like you take the average 10 year old show them mike trout and show them chris paul right i i guarantee you twice as many kids are going to be able to name chris paul despite the fact that while he's a great player he's nowhere near the level mike trout is in terms of his sport like trout is like literally on pace to be maybe a top three player ever he's so obscenely good it's crazy and we know him here in philly because he's an eagles fan and he's from here but, like, how many people would bump into Mike Trout and know that that's Mike Trout? 
And the answer is compare that to when we were, you know, when I was 10 and you put Mark McGuire in front of me, by the way, not nearly as good as Trout, but maybe a little bit distinctive looking. You know, every kid would have known who Mark McGuire was or certainly Ken Griffey Jr. or Barry Bonds. And today, like, you know, maybe Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, but like how many kids would know who Altuve is if you put them in front of them, right? And you know, that's a problem. They do a bad job of marketing at stars. And I don't know how to solve that problem. You know, part of it is allowing people to consume highlights. Part of it is just the sport itself. Part of it is, you know, maybe the players' personalities. Like, I I don't know. Baseball is a very conservative sport. And the NBA, we always talk about the NBA, but they're the gold standard in this. The, The NFL has succeeded in spite of its policies, just because of the dominance of the sport and its weekly nature and, and all of this. Um, but the NBA allowed players to be free. They were very progressive. They allow personality. They allow as much customization as you can, and players wearing different sneakers for every game and all of this stuff, and, and all these guys have and are encouraged to have personalities on social media. Baseball like actively works against this. They're so conservative. They want to do everything right. You know, I mean, down to the uniforms. Like the, Baseball, like stop. I heard Tom McCarthy say yesterday when the Pirates are wearing their old-fashioned uniforms, he said, well, they're a lot more baggy now, right? Baggy is out. Like, look at style everywhere. Look at the way basketball players dress. Look at other sports. Like, tight is in, and yet you turn on a baseball game, and people are look like they're wearing trash bags. Make the uniform. Make the players look modern. Oh, like, oh. We've gone. We've no, but gone. I'm, I'm so not. It's all these little you, things add up. Off the rails. But my point, my point Let is— Puma sponsor. Watch, watch. No, uh, Under Armour. World, watch, no, no, watch, watch the World Cup. Seriously, Puma's soccer shirts are are the epitome of skin tight. There but you go. There, look at so- go look at an EPL highlight from ten years ago, and they're wearing like the baggy Umbro style yeah. jerseys. And now look at yep. the guys; they look like Superman, right? By the way, Under Armour is going to start taking over baseball jerseys, so they're instantly going to get cooler, right? Well, that's great. I'm 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 hoping that helps them rebound from you know their massive stock hit. Uh, they're back to I think about where they were six months ago. So that's that's really great. I got yeah. Go. Unless you bought six before, months before ago, hold on, Russ. This, you don't understand the stock apparel. market. Unless they this bought six no, months ago, care. you have doubled your money if you bought Under Armour six months ago. By yeah, the way. If, if you bought it six months ago, that's great. Well, that's okay. that's they're on a tear now. Yes, they had a bad run. Okay, good. The point is, okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. So the individual players, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where... Wrap I don't, this thing up. I know you got to wrap it. On, I wanna, oh, I had one other on point I wanted to make. One last thing. Oh, I Jesus. do feel like, we and go. we can what? revisit this, we should separate the Phillies and baseball. Because we sit here talking okay. about the Phillies, and locally, we're comparing them to like the gold standard. But all overall, even the numbers are down. Like The, the highest rated baseball game of the season was Yankees-Red Sox at 3.1 million. The NBA on ABC last season averaged, averaged 3.8 million and got like 8 million on Christmas Day for the the Cavs uh, whatever game. So like it's not just it's probably this this situa- symptom is probably um, exaggerated in Philly because of like the steep drop off and like this new team coming up. But o- overall like th- these are issues that apply to baseball overall. So I I, I don't know. I, yep. I feel like uh, yeah. All right, I well, get wrong. That's a teaser for Wednesday, I guess. Um so Go check out the other shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network this Can't week. Can't believe you uh, hate Cross, Under Armour. Cross, crossed Up will drop tomorrow. We'll have a new snow with the goalie this week. Crossing Broad FC will be recapping the uh, World Cup semifinals. And uh, I think there's going to be a new It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia either midweek or uh, over the weekend. So make sure you go check those out. Go on to iTunes. I know that we've been inconsistent. Ha, ha, the hallmark of our show for over a year now. Uh, Not true. iTunes reviews recently have been, out uh, have been indicating in that. So uh, um, anyway... Make sure you go uh, uh, on iTunes if you like the show, understanding that, uh, you know, we are who we are. 
uh, leave a review. Five-star reviews are preferred. I think we're at 355-star reviews, which is uh, pretty solid. I'd like to get to 500 at some point. That would be swell. Uh, for Kyle at Crossing Broad, I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. We'll talk to you again very shortly, hopefully Wednesday, if Kyle wakes up. Right, Kyle? Right.